From the Music Store is brought to you by WBMJ, 91.9 FM. Hey, okay, so we're back here at the, uh, at the Music Store. We're doing a couple little different things today. I want to say, I think uh, for our first two shows, I think we did a pretty darn good job. I'm pretty happy with the, the guests we had and how it came out. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it wasn't like we were totally flying by the seam of our pants. We had an idea, a little bit, but man, it's really, we've got a lot done. Yeah, the, uh, the, the cool thing is just like passionate people, right? So like if we can find and keep talking to f- passionate creators that are out there making great art, great music, um, it makes for a good story and a good listen. I mean, I personally am interested. Speaking of stories, we thought we'd start a new segment called Guitar Stories with Elliot Jacobs, our elder statesman of rock and roll. So Elliot, uh, in the 1970s, when I uh, probably the year that I got Kiss Alive 2 for Christmas and sat there and stared at the cover of that that album, you were actually working for a guitar builder, correct? Yes. And who and who were you, who was it you were working with? Stephen Carr out Stephen in Long Carr. Island. Okay. Stephen Carr out in Long Island. So as I understand it, somehow he got a gig making guitars for Kiss. Is that correct? We knew the road manager, and everything started coming our way. Okay, so, and you worked on one of these particular guitars, didn't you? I've worked on a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, I know there's an interesting story. Give me, give me one of your, your stories about the Kiss guitars. One of the guitars was a star guitar, shaped in, the bo- shaped in a star with a mirrored front, and it had a built-in wireless in the guitar, a handle that went in the bottom of the guitar, and on the face it was mirror front, with a bunch of little half-cut rhinestones and literally spent about 10 or 11 work days gluing every one on the front plate, plate of the guitar. And it looked amazing because the handle was to go in the bottom V of the star. He would plug it into the bottom of the handle, hold it up, turn his hands like this, you know, and well, I know it's radio, but twist your hands, the guitar would spin and they would hit it with at the time, they were called Moonbeam Spotlights. And it would reflect all over Madison Square Garden and light the place up while the guitar was still feeding back, ringing through the whole system, and the garden is loud. <laughs> and, uh, and that was, uh, I guess, not something you wanted to do the rest of your life, sitting gluing pieces of glass onto diamond-shaped guitars. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't want to do anything for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. Guitar Stories with Mr. Elliot Jacobs. Well, that was a really cool segment, and uh, I'm looking forward to more of these stories with Elliot. Today, we did it the first ever where we like just opened up a microphone here at the, uh, at the store. We had a very interesting customer come in today who had a pretty cool job and a lot of cool stories to go along with it, so we fired up the mics and went live right in the store. That being said, yeah, uh, we're going to let that roll, and we will see you guys um, next week. Uh, oh, another thing I want to throw out. We have the website up, and there's a contact form there. So if anybody has an idea for, like, a show or an artist or a particular thing, musical industry thing. Something you want to – a topic that maybe hasn't been talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Please hit us up on fromthemusicstore.com. Um, feel free to, to only send nice things and suggestions to that. We don't want to be emotionally badgered by anybody. Okay, with that being said, let's, let's go to our first live mic. Uh, you're going to hear, like, probably people in the background and things thumping and bumping, but that's just kind of part of the fun of it. Okay, here we are. We're trying something new. We're doing the hot open mic on Saturday here. We've got a lot of people coming in and out. 
of the music store. And uh, a lot of people come in, tell us life stories, tell us things that they're doing, little background stories, and some of them are pretty interesting. So uh, we're going to be keeping a uh, we're going to be keeping a microphone hot and handy here. Uh, so when things come up, we can kind of get it on tape. Yeah, we have an interesting customer in with us today, Mr. Brian Turner. He is recently uh, located to the area, a man with uh, some musical background. So uh, we were just asking him questions. And yeah, and as it turns out, he was the uh, one of the photographers for Guitar Player Magazine, which is a magazine that I subscribed to when I was a kid. So we figured we'd just ask him some questions about that, and uh, maybe he's got some stories or some ideas on um, how to get some good shots when you're doing performances and just general photography and rock and roll stuff. So, Mr. Brian Turner, thanks for coming into uh, the music store today. Hey, how you doing? So you had mentioned that you were a photographer for Guitar Player Magazine, which is, uh, which is awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, what got you into photography, and what got you started at Guitar Player Magazine, and what it was like getting uh, shots of guitar players up on stage. Well, I was in Northern California, and uh, I was shooting uh, a guitar event just for, out of enthusiasm. I uh, just got myself a new camera, and I was taking photos at an event, and uh, I uh, happened to know an editor over at Guitar Player Magazine, and I handed him uh, some files to see if the magazine wanted to use the the, uh, the event photography. And they said, no, nah, maybe, maybe not. We'll get back to you. And about a month later, I get a call from the, the art director. And uh, turns out that he's uh, a little uh, tired of being in the field, tired of running around with a camera, and would rather be at home with his kid and his wife. So he asked me if I would start uh, taking over what he would be normally shooting. And I uh, started doing events. By events, do you mean like corporate kind of things or like there's a concert, there's a performance, there's a gig? Uh, well, you know, it was, it, it, at first it was um, uh, the Black Crows, Aerosmith, uh, bands like this. Uh, it started covering the NAMM show uh, events for the magazine because we would go down there and there would be a lot of um, a lot of professional performers all over the place hiding in all these hotel lobbies uh, jumping out on stage with Uli John Roth or or Jeff Beck would show up or Pat Travers or something and my goal was sort of semi-paparazzi we kind of knew where these people would be and when but logistically I had to get my backpack and run from stage to stage event to event and try and capture as much you know um, footage as, as we could get uh, and we used a lot of it so a lot of the work that you were doing were corporate shows and, and trade shows. Um, was that a bulk of the work that you were doing, or, or is that all that you did? Well, the majority of the uh, of the the work that I did was pit photography. So when you get a laminate and you show up at a venue, you usually get to shoot the first three songs from the security barricade in front of the stage, in front of the artists. Um, I, I think I have... 470,000 raw images in my archives of running through the pit, trying to get everything I can in the first three songs, get it edited, deliver it to the magazine, and allow them to uh, create copy for it and and do things. How do you make sure that every one of your pictures isn't an aerial nose shot of everybody? Because I imagine the the stage is elevated, right? So you're shooting up. Are you basically looking at nostrils and crotches the whole time, or how do you how do you how do you frame a picture in that case? Well, jokes aside, um, 
<laughs> there are quite a few uh, 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 rock and roll shots uh, of the rock and roll are you, area. Are you air quoting right now? There are some rock and roll quotes. Uh, no, it's possible. It's, it's highly, highly possible. Um, well, it doesn't hurt to be six foot two with a four foot arm where um, I've been known to, to reach as high as I can. Maybe I can probably get my camera up to about nine feet. And, um, you know, in the first three songs, as long as you're not annoying the artist too much, you can you can get quite a few uh, good uh, pit shots that way. Of course, you can always get a long lens and, and step back into the audience if you've got a photo pass or whatever that allows the security to let you shoot. Um, you know, uh, you can get some flatter, more dynamic photos from the sound booth if you've got some serious glass. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of the shots are looking up their nostrils. Now, is that a, a standard thing when you go to a when you go to a concert? You have your laminate on. You go there. You've got your camera, and in your experience, just the first three songs, you get to all the shots that you can, and then the security is just basically shoving you out. For the most part, if you're a professional, it's a given. And in my ethos is, if you're not going to get the shot in the first three songs, you. I don't know what you're doing as a photographer. <laughs> I love you, man. But uh, and, and then you can enjoy the rest of the show as well. So, you know, go rapid fire, get your three shots, get as much vibe as you can, and then um, and then step away and allow the artist to perform. Uh, being a, a, a performer myself, you know, it's it's it, it can be a little self-conscious with somebody chasing you with a camera for your entire set. So, out of respect for them, I just stick to the three-song rule. And in most, almost all venues and all the other professionals I know, uh, they'll step away even if they don't need to shoot for i mean they'll do it out of respect for the artist so it's not like the artist is saying all oh, right there's the there's the the photographers are down there he goes right up to the end of the stage strikes this crazy windmill or rock pose or whatever and he's like yeah okay we're doing the photos now and you snap snap and then he's like all right get out of here now i just like chill out and do my show I can't say that that doesn't happen because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it does. The unfortunate reality of, of, of it is usually the sound, the, the light guy and the smoke guy collaborate to, to fog the stage with a bunch of liquid fog. And then they have the uplighting and then the band all comes out in the fog and it's super awesome. Except your autofocus on your camera does not like fog. So that first song is pretty much hit and miss as far as being able to focus through the fog or even get a clear shot because hey these guys are in fog but what you got it could look vibey it could be really cool but the smoke machine is not your friend well plus you're saying you're holding the camera up above your head so you're not really looking through a viewfinder if you're trying to reach up as high as you can right Uh, yeah i mean you're is it a thing where you're just sitting there holding the camera hoping to get the best shot that you can uh experience is your master at that point You, you know what you got you've been doing this long enough you know your camera you know you're, you're what you're doing um there is a lot of run and gun and just look at things later and you think you didn't get an awesome shot and it's it's cover it's ready it's there and you're like i thought i had nothing but mainly the the live event photographer thing uh yeah i try not to actually stick my arm up high in front of the, the crowd i try to actually run as low as possible to the ground and then pop up and get my shots and then crouch back down and then run again because i you know people pay for the front row tickets and they're like, who's this jerk just yeah. popping up in the front? Hey, you know, the, you make a better door than a window. You can, you know, just. <laughs> so now after you're done getting all your shots, what, what, what's the protocol for you? Are you hanging around for every single show that you that you shoot or are you just going home and getting some dinner? 
Well, if ninety percent of the time, if you got a photo pass, you wind up with a laminate. You'll you'll go side stage or backstage. Um, the one thing you don't want to do is go put your camera rig in your car and go back in the venue. That's an absolute no no. Well, you got to always have your camera because you never know what you're going to catch, right? Well, somebody else will have your camera at that point. Oh yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you just don't do that. You're not naming any particular cities. <laughs> yeah, really, that out of it. You know, it, the, the broken window's enough. <laughs> Having your cameras gone is a different thing. Right. But but the uh, you know usually. It's, you, you know, you, you'll have green room access. Sometimes I'll, I would, you know, hang out backstage and do some uh, do some things that, you know, uh, try and get portraits. Uh, oh, all right. Wow. Okay. So you get to hang out backstage. Is that kind of your thing? And maybe you're trying to get more shots? Well, or one really memorable moment I, I have is I, I was the NAM show and I was in in, in the green screen, green room uh, and uh, George Lynch was there and he was just hanging out uh, nibbling on some snacks they had laid out for the artists and I asked him kindly I said hey you know uh, this wall over here looks kind of cool you can you would you pick up your guitar and kind of pose for me so I can get a really cool shot and he was totally into it and he hadn't met me before we didn't have an in at that point or anything but our our, uh, our vibe was good and uh, he, I got some some really awesome images which is me and George Lynch and he's you know as a kid I, I loved Dawkins and right. all those shredder bands so it was kind of a good moment of the and then from then on we've been you know when every time we see each other now hey what's going on man so like at that point like hey man here's my email or here's my contact info when you get that picture can you send me a copy or are you like uh, well uh, you know sometimes we exchange information sometimes it's inappropriate um, if you want to contact an artist you know it's you can find out who their manager is. You can find them if you go through, you know, traditional circles. Uh, at being affiliated with the magazine, uh, we had access to to getting a hold of, uh, you know, the, the artists if we need to. Uh, I try not to bother them too much because there's a lot of photographers who want attention from the artists, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's valuable to leave them to their space. And if you, if you can use that piece and you want to use it for something and we're going we're gonna to publish it, then I would reach out and, you know, get a hold of the artists and talk about a model release, which means, you know, that we can use this particular photo, we have their permission, they know what's happening with it, and then we let them control the situation. Uh, a lot of times I wouldn't even put something on Facebook if I thought it was cool. I would give it to the artist through a private message and let them post it on their own Facebook, and I call that scooping. You know, if there's a really cool shot, I want them to be able to post it on their social media and not me beat them to the punch. That's their post, not my post. All right, so now if you have a, you know, whether it's a person in the audience or a real photographer sitting there getting a shot, um, and you're able to send it to the artist, are you happy if they were to give you a credit for that photo, or is it just, is it just cool enough that they're using your shot? It kind of depends on what your what your goal is. Um, you know, professionals uh, tend to work for money. They tend to, to want to get paid for their product. And when people put free a product out there, it, but you gave in this case a Facebook page. You said you send them you private message and you send them the picture. Right, right. Uh, okay. Uh, or do you mark the picture pho- photography by Brian so, Turner? So generally, people will put a lower resolution photo and then put a watermark on it, and and that's the same thing you're talking about as a watermark, where you'll overlay a logo of your company on it. Sometimes you're, you're cross-promoting. Um, sometimes they'll pay you for a photo and want to keep the cross-promotion on there because it gives them some, they, they like your brand, you're co-branding with them. Uh, generally, uh, when there's a financial agreement, uh, a lot of it just happens in private and uh, 
everything's negotiated at rate, you know, magazine rates are, if you look on Getty Images, you can get an idea what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's curious about what, what how, how to sell photography, I would recommend going to the, the Getty uh, Photo Archives website to take a look at how pricing works on that. Um, generally, working with the magazine, they would give me an assignment and say, well, we want this because we're going to write a story about this, or we were trying to cover this particular uh, guitar amplifier or guitar that just got released, and so somebody's going to play live with it, and we want to we want some live action shots with this brand new product. A lot of times, it's more about getting the headstock in perfect uh, view of the of the eye of the beholder uh, instead of the rock star. So we're you're there for for product. Uh, yeah, I've been hired by Gibson to to do some work. So a lot of it is you know putting emphasis on the on the the equipment the artists use, and it's it's really compelling because it creates a great story for the for the people looking at the photo. They might be interested in getting such and such guitar, etc. Huh? Somebody just walked in the door. Yeah. So we had to cut there because like people are coming in and out. But hey, we're 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 coming. We're basically coming live from the music store, right? We're from the music store, so that's gonna happen. What are you gonna do? Oh my gosh, that's so Jersey. So when artists find out that you are a photographer for Guitar Player Magazine, do they tend to treat you a little bit differently? Uh, let's say if they ran into somebody that was shooting for I don't know people or. Rolling Stone, you know, a, basically a thing that critiques their work. Are they are treating you differently because you're highlighting their work? Well, I would say sometimes if they saw your laminate, they might be more inclined to want you to, to photograph them because they think they can get a lot of exposure through, uh, you know, through your brand. Um, uh, honestly, I think a lot of these people are more worried about uh, what songs they're going to play tonight and uh, what time they go on. And if they, you know, they got some cold water sitting by their monitor, the, uh, the photographers were always there um, and we're always cross-promoting where we're always trying to elevate these people and, and create a, a, a world where we can all enjoy the instruments they play and the songs they sing. And we can all, you know, I catch myself singing along when I'm, when I'm taking photos. It's, a, it's amazing because, you know, I, I truly, you know, being a historian of rock and roll and music and jazz and blues and all these things, uh, you know, it touches you. You're, you're there helping them uh, get exposure so that maybe a new listener will come along and discover them and want to be just like them or uh, or share it with somebody who who might enjoy it um, you know the the history of, of music is is where my heart is when it comes to photography you know what's really great about hearing that it's really special for me to, to listen to you say that is that the other interviews that we've had and the other people that, that we are going to be including in the show are people that are generally music lovers now they've had different uh, jobs and roles and and interactions with the music industry, but it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what they're doing. They really, truly love it and have a passion for it. And that's one thing I love to see and talk to people about. They're like, okay, I'm a photographer. I mean, you happen to be obviously a musician because you came into the music store, right? So you wouldn't be here if you didn't do music stuff. To get my strings changed on my guitar. Right, right. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a little lazy. I could have done it myself, but well, it's okay. But whatever. You're obviously a musician, but when you're doing your photography, you're doing it as a photographer who loves music, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's why I did it. I mean, I, I got into uh, shooting bands, and and uh, you want to know a secret? Yeah. Like, I, uh, here's a secret. I, I, I probably won't tell anybody. I, 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 shh, quiet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm a vocalist, and I and I and I sing rock music, and I really like Americana, bluesy rock, uh, you know, music. And I was hoping that somewhere along the road of meeting all of these people in the industry, I would stumble across some group who might have lost their beloved vocalist, and they would say, "Hey, what are you doing next week?" Right, but would that would be but. There's an ethical professional line that you can cross. So I'm assuming, or at least I'm hoping, you're not like every time you're taking somebody's picture, be like, hey, here's my singer card. If you need a singer, call me up. You know what's funny? What? Because I've never mentioned it to anyone. Well, that's in the because you're not years. a jerk. <laughs> you know? Hey, what are you trying to say? No, well, no, I mean, like, I can be a jerk if I want to. No, but, but it's funny. It's like there's, you know, being a professional photographer, there's a whole lot of what not to say. Um, for the most part, you know, I'll be in a green room backstage with someone and I could ask them a million questions, but I don't think it's actually a good idea. I think that allowing them their space to get ready for their performance and letting them interact with their friends. Um, is is more valuable than answering my questions unless uh, we are scheduled to do an interview about specific equipment or or their tour or something, and they know ahead of time that they're going to do an interview, and then we'll we'll get out our equipment and then we'll say, hey, um, you know, here's time for an interview, just like we're doing our interview here, and we have those moments. Uh, but I'm I'm mainly a still shooter, and we had our uh, uh, a lot of the editors would do more of the interviews because they would uh, cr- take care of the content. Uh, I. I provide the photo and they, they create the content that goes with the photo. What are your thoughts? And I certainly have my own, which maybe I will leave out of this about everybody going to live events now. And all you see is an ocean of cell, fa- cell phones up in the air and you can't see the stage because all you're looking is the, the, the screen on everybody's phone. And that this, this thing where now it's like, it's not where we experience something and then maybe one or two people in the, as, in the role of a photographer was documenting it for us, that then you see that picture and then you can, you can emotionally relive it versus now everything has to be documented and photographed as we do it. As a photographer or somebody who's photographed live performances, do you have any thoughts on this just massive influx of constant media absorption, constant photography, constant videos? Uh, it's, uh, it's intriguing because we all do it. We, if we're at a show, uh, even if I'm not working, you know, I'm checking out some group that I really like, you know, like say the rival sons, one of my favorite bands and they all, I'll ramble up and take a couple of snaps with my iPhone. Um, and so I can send it to my friends and go, Hey, where, where were you? This is what we were doing. Uh, that's the social interaction importance of the phone. It's not really the reproduction of the photo itself because it probably isn't high enough resolution to be in magazine, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it builds brand. It helps people communicate. You know, if you're sending this image from your phone to your friend and inspiring them to come see this group, it's good for that group. Um, on the other hand, the experience of seeing everyone wave a cell phone um, during a ballad when Journey is playing, yeah. it's <laughs> It's kind of cool, all right. Well, it's it's, like, the, it's, it's like a, a the new cigarette lighter. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool, and I'm 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 all for that. Um, you know, maybe we'll progress to some some future where um, we have one professional photographer who shoots the show, and that person allows anyone who came to the concert to use those photos to send to their friends to say that they went to that show later so that everyone can put their phones in their pockets, enjoy the the concert, and download the media from the official band website. I think that would be the future of putting our phones away. 
I made the mistake of taking my wife to a King Crimson concert once. Um, and when I say that place was filled with dudes, it was like literally like a couple thousand dudes and then, and then my wife, you know. And so it's like prog rock, right, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to a King But anyway, uh, they, um, it was like, if you pull a cell phone out, if Robert Fripp sees a cell phone, you will be immediately ejected from the concert. And he's apparently like well known to be like, there is zero cell phones. Don't even try to go there. It was like clear as day they were going to kick you out of this out of the theater if anybody pulled this, their their phone out. Now, I thought that was kind of cool because then it was like, now we're just going to ex- experience it. But that seems to me the only way that you could ever get to a situation where there was a official like documentary photographer there that was doing it than allowing other people to see it. Like I, I have my preferences. I would prefer to to not have to pull my own cell phone out of the show and and try to snap something. I would much prefer grabbing some media that was publicly available and and published for the purpose um, uh, to to elevate the artist and and to make awareness and and you know cleaner video because it's done by the professional crew. You don't have to get iPhone stuff from a mile away. You're not annoying your date or your friends with your phone, you're actually interacting. You can, you know, keep it in your pocket. So uh, in closing, where can our listeners learn a little bit more about you? Or do you prefer to live in the the shadows of prior uh, Guitar Magazine uh, archives? Well, my modest uh, website for photography is brianturnerphotography.com. I spell Brian with a Y. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, it's been a while since I've been out in the field, I'm focusing on doing a lot more recording these days and performing. I'm singing tonight, so uh, I, I hope to be able to get out and about and, and keep the history of music and rock and roll alive one way or another. Great closing line. Okay, well, thank you for being on our first uh, From the Music Store open, open customer mic and uh, putting in the, uh, the time to tell us all about yourself. Appreciate it. We have another segment here on the show. It's called Musician Jokes, or Jokes from the Music Store. Brian, before you leave the the shop, thank you for the interview. Give us your musician joke. How do you tune a fish? I don't know, Brian. How do you tune a fish? Well, Jason, you change its scales. I see your face every time I dream On every page, every magazine So wild and free, so far from me You're all I want, my fantasy Oh, look at what you've done to this country fried clown photograph all I've got is this photograph it's not 